In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. It's that time of the year again. Time of the year where you will have conversations, particularly around dinner tables, lounge rooms, friend groups. You'll have WhatsApp messages going backwards and forwards. You'll have patristic quotes, and you will have quotes from others. Everyone with an opinion about fasting. Do we fast? Do we not fast? Is fasting about food? Is it about works? Is it about deeds? Do we as Copts fast too much? Certainly not too little. But what is it about? Please, please, let's not go down that road. Because we waste 55 days considering whether it is or is not the right thing to do, frustrate ourselves, offend others, and at the end of the day, not end up being very edified. For surely that is the reason for this fasting period. It is to make us better people. So let me just draw a couple of lines from the outset. Is it important to fast? Yes. Should we fast as our church tells us? Yes. Are we not going to go to the kingdom of God if we don't fast? No. I mean, no, we're not not going to go. So that is not going to be something that says, God says, actually, you didn't fast. I'm not letting you into my kingdom. But surely we have reached a level of maturity beyond, to think, beyond thinking in those extremes. Our faith is very different to many other faiths. We do not do things out of fear of retribution. We should not do things because we fear God. If God wanted us to fear Him, only fear Him, without loving Him, He would have stayed in His kingdom, He would have issued decrees, He would have sent prophets and angels and stayed exactly where He was. That is not what our God wants. He wants a relationship with us. And that relationship comes through His church, comes through the things that He establishes. We need to stop thinking about the church as a policing mechanism or as a quantitative measure of demands and obstacles that are put in our way to stop us from being able to deal with God. In actual fact, it is the exact opposite. It is a means by which we, as the body of Christ, are able to interact with Him and help each other in loving Him and getting closer to Him. Facilitating for each other. And this is why today's gospel focuses on so many things, fasting, prayer, good deeds. But towards the end, it focuses on an issue that is core to all of us and that will touch all of us, forgiveness. I think, and this is what I will try to do this year, rather than wasting endless hours of debating whether we should or shouldn't fast and how we should fast, Let's focus on our hearts. 
how we deal with our hearts. And as I said, you know, let's, let's just take it as a given that we need to fast. And the church that has been here for 2,000 years has asked us to fast in a certain way. All of us at the same time. You, you know, if you go into the palaces of Westminster or the hill at Washington DC or any other place of power, you will find demonstrations on a daily basis. And the purpose of those demonstrations is to show collective power, people standing together. You will sometimes have pins and badges to give an identity and a belonging. You will sometimes stand with people. There were lots of other ways of manifesting this. What we do in the fast is we stand together. And we do the same thing in the same way, at the same time, to express this solidarity. And in this solidarity, we all become more empowered. In this solidarity, we all become stronger. Do we fast a lot? Heavens, yes. Is it useless? Absolutely not. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. My friends, my sisters, my brothers, my spiritual children, we are preparing ourselves over the next eight weeks to commemorate the single most important event in the history of humanity. It is why we are here. We are commemorating not only the absolute love of God in His incarnation, but we are commemorating His absolute power and absolute authority and absolute victory over everything that counters Him in His resurrection. So why would we not prepare ourselves for the next eight weeks to remember something that is so significant? This isn't just another thing. It's not just another day. And as we remember these wonderful acts, we place ourselves before God. Firstly, with forgiveness. You know, there are many people say, why do we pass 55 days? Surely our Lord only fasted 40. That's what we should fast. And the idea is, one of the interpretations, it is 40 days for the fasting of our Lord, it is a week, holy week at the end, and then it is a week of preparation at the beginning. Let us start preparing during that week with the final passages of today's gospel. Let's prepare our hearts. Surely we cannot go into a period of growth when our heart is filled with things that obstruct it from being God's throne. Do I have disregard for someone? Do I have dislike? Do I have jealousy? Have I not forgiven someone? And forgiveness is such an important thing. Have I not forgiven? Now, if I haven't, this coming week is the time to do it. I'm sure there aren't too many farmers out there, 
right? You don't look like farmers, but I'm sure there aren't. If you were farmers, you would understand the importance of preparing soil before you plant a crop. You can't just go out and throw seeds. It doesn't work. What you need to do is you go to out, and you till, and you prepare, and you turn. And the soil then becomes receptive. And that was the parable that our Lord himself taught us. When seeds fall into receptive ground, they grow and they blossom and they flourish and they are fruitful. So if we want a fruitful fast, this first week that we are all so offended by is actually very important. It is a period of preparation to weed out, to tear out, to take out everything that is an obstacle. Especially if we have not forgiven. You know, a lack of forgiveness can impact someone else because they feel that you're upset with them, but in actual fact, a lack of forgiveness impacts me more. If my heart is hardened by a lack of forgiveness, then I suffer. I have obstacles. And I'm sure we all have something to forgive someone somewhere in some way. And I would be the first among you. So let's use this first week to prepare our ground. And once we've prepared, let us then look at this coming period as a period of growth and joy. Is fasting cuisine problematic and difficult to digest and really sometimes not very tasteful? Probably. But is that really what our life has become about? Is that really what we're going to focus on? We had a group of wonderful young people here who traveled to Uganda last year. Right? Life-changing experience. We're going to have a group this year that will travel to Egypt and will see the people who are there and how they're living. If we were to judge societies on food and cuisine, Surely that would have been a horrific journey. But it was seen as a time of sacrifice, a time of engagement, a time of feeling another's experience. So for the millions of people who are suffering and who cannot eat daily, not just eat what they want, but cannot eat daily, let's remember them during this coming period. If we are so offended by food, what about the lack of food? If we are so offended that we can't do exactly what we want, how much offense does it cause us that people have no freedom whatsoever? We need to go outside of that comfort zone. And this Lent is a great time to do it to challenge everything, but to do everything with meaning, with conviction, 
with purpose. It is not an either or. Do I fast or do I do good deeds? Do I sacrifice my food or do I sacrifice other things? It's not an either or. Surely we are intelligent, complex creatures created in the image and likeness of God who can work out for ourselves that everything we do is multifaceted. It should never be through a single lens, but through the complex lens of the life that we live. So let us apply this complexity of our character as created by God to our spiritual journey. Let us look at the value of things beyond their superficial appearance and let us look to grow. This is an exciting time. Lent must be a time of excitement for us in that we stand together in solidarity to at the end celebrate victory over death. Don't forget, we know the outcome. We know the result. We don't have to wait and figure out, does Christ rise? Christ is risen. And so therefore, has conquered sin, has conquered Satan, has conquered death. And this is what we are gathering to celebrate, celebrate, not be burdened by it, not be, not be offended by it, celebrate. So let us celebrate the faith that has arrived here with us today in this church after the suffering and persecution and actual death blood of so many. This is not a simple thing. This is valuable. It is invaluable. It is precious. But let us also live it as precious and complex. Let us celebrate it as a gift. And above all, let us prepare ourselves during these coming weeks for that awesome, life-changing victory that came into the world through the incarnation of our Lord and above all, through his conquering death in his death and in his resurrection. And glory be to God for Amen.